Hey, I'm Mackenzie. I'm Natasha. Welcome to Missing Pieces, a Canadian true crime podcast. Episode number 11? Are we on 11? 11. Yeah, we're on 11. Oh, my dog has made a grand exit. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, dog. Mm. We, I can't, I mean, I know I keep saying this every single episode, but like, I still kind of can't believe we've actually got so many people following us. (laughs) I can't believe we actually started a podcast. True. <laughs> We're like the two of the most socially challenged people. Yeah, we really are. And we're schedule challenged. So this is a really like what the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> yeah. This is quite like a divergence into, you know, the completely abnormal for us. <laughs> this is absolutely bizarre behavior for both of us. Oh uh, yeah. Sometimes you gotta do something wild and crazy though. Hey, why not? And as wild as crazy and we as wild and crazy as we get is talking is podcasting people. yeah yeah okay we we're not exciting no <laughs> uh, so what did you get up to this week um not much actually worked as usual um i got new glasses which i'm kind of stoked about oh yeah they're super cute yeah i now i'm like next level nerd because my other glasses just weren't dorky enough now i had to go for gold-rimmed extra dork nice <laughs> yeah girl they're, like, not quite horn-rimmed, but almost, you know, to the point where you look at them and you're like, did she take those from a 70s serial killer? Oh, no, wait. They have a little bit of green on them. They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. These are those recent serial killer glasses. Pretty much. These are the hipster-style glasses. Those are fine. <laughs> New age serial killers. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. I like them, so. My husband was like... I like <laughs> yeah Graham was like uh, he's looking at them he's like I don't I don't know and I was like no no these are a great idea it's fine it got home looked in the mirror I was like okay note to self listen to your husband <laughs> whatever I think they're nice I'm kidding I actually like them and uh yeah it's super weird like I never had glasses growing up obviously as you know and I only started getting them when I was like I don't know like 19 or 20 somewhere in there and like my vision started getting like worse as it does kind of over time a little bit, not too bad, but I, so I don't wear my glasses. I don't, I still don't have to wear my glasses during the day. I can still drive and all that kind of stuff. It's not like that serious. And so of course, when I went to pick up my new glasses, I didn't wear my old glasses. I just drove in to pick them up or whatever. And, uh, I got there and I was like, okay, like this is good. Tried on the glasses. And I was like, oh my God, I can see. And then I'm like, <laughs> should probably start wearing those all the time or getting some contacts. <laughs> probably should but oh my god dude they make colored prescription contacts so you could match me you could have green eyes or yellow eyes can you imagine me doing that going to work and i have like one red contact and one blue eye i'd look like something out of the fucking 28 days later my patients would never trust me ever (laughs) it would be hilarious they'd be like allowed to wear contacts at my work because you can get stuff in your eyes oh yeah well you can get stuff in your eyes at my work too but you know They'll melt to your fucking eyeball. Do you know that? Your contact lenses can melt to your eyeball. Yes, they can. You know what else you can get your contact lenses if you don't clean them well enough? Worms. Parasites. Yeah. Oh my god, that's disgusting. I'm burning all my contact lenses. Yep. (laughs) Clean them properly. And don't wear them for a long period of time. Yeah, never, ever, ever. Gonna wear them again, actually. (laughs) Sorry. Fun fact. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, well, let's just dive right in. Oh yeah, my week sucked, by the way. I went to the gym, got my ass handed to me, and now my legs hurt really, really bad. Aw, well, you know what I didn't do? I didn't go to the gym. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I probably shouldn't have even bothered because I went to the gym, and then on my way home from the gym, actually on our way home, because I go with my friend, Yeah, we're like, let's pick up movie popcorn. So we go to the movie theater, grab some popcorn, and then just leave. Like, oh, bitch. I totally did that at work, too. I'm like, I'll be, like, sitting near the theater at work, and I'm like, oh, man. Do they, like, pump that shit out of the vents? Because it smells so good. Oh, man. So, yeah, we went and got some movie popcorn, and then went to her place and marathoned Ink Master for several hours. <laughs> Hell, yeah. That's my version and, of my Saturday night. And I woke up this morning, and my legs are fucking killing me. I was, like, <laughs> walking all the way to the bathroom. Oh, no. Teeth, like, <laughs> why did I do this to myself? <laughs> Jello legs. You're like, this is the worst idea ever. But you know what? Since I started going to the gym... I'm, I'm like, I'm looking okay. I'm nice, okay. nice. Good for you. I, uh, Arms. I had like a wild and crazy Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Got home from work and ate ravioli out of a can and nice. watched RuPaul's Drag Race on Netflix. Dude, wait. Hell yeah. And I'm watching <laughs> it and I'm like, damn, I'm like, these dudes are like better looking than half the women I know, including, like, that's not cool. <laughs> And the makeup skills? Oh my god. Right? I know. I was like, man, I gotta learn this shit. Like, this is some mad I, talent. I'm fucking envious. Like, yeah. these guys, these bitches have better brows than <laughs> anyone I've ever Hell seen. Hell yes. Oh my god, yeah. And they're catty as fuck, and it just makes me laugh so hard watching it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. I love sassy people, because obviously, like, you and I enjoy being sassy bitches. And We're man... Pretty- our brains function, we're sassy as fuck. Yeah. I, oh shit, okay, I guess we better get into this, eh? I've got very limited time before I have to go. <laughs> oh, okay, alright. We'll talk. Okay. sorry. We'll stop Sidebar. talking about it, yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. Alright, so I have the case of Alicia Ross. Would you like to know who Alicia Ross is? Yes, I would. Okay. Alicia Ross was a 25-year-old woman from Markham, Ontario, mm-hmm. which is a suburb municipality thing in the greater Toronto area, the mm-hmm. North End. And she was reported missing by her boyfriend, Sean Hine, on August 17th, 2005. So that's pretty recent compared to some of the other murders I've been doing recently. Mm-hmm. And he reported her missing because she wasn't answering her phone and she didn't show up to work. And he obviously got pretty worried. So he went over to her house and he found her car still in the driveway. But nobody answered the door when he knocked on it, and I'm assuming he called her a few more times. So he was pretty panicked. He phones the police, then he calls her family. And when her parents got to the house, they saw... I mean, it would just be the worst. Like, they get to their daughter's house, and her... Or, sorry, there's just police lights and cars and all that stuff. Like, that would just be so terrifying. Yeah, nightmare material. Yeah, and they found that that all of her belongings were still in her room and that her bed had not been slept in. There was uh, there was evidence of a struggle in the backyard, and her shoes, a glass, and a cigarette, which is kind of random, were all scattered, scattered <laughs> all over the place, and the back gate to the yard was open. So they didn't immediately call it foul play, but it was obviously really fucking suspicious, so they did think something that ha- had happened to her, but they couldn't definitively say, like, we think someone did something to her. It was just, like, we do think something happened. Yeah, but, but they couldn't, yeah, they couldn't be like, oh, yeah, no, she's been kidnapped. Or tell, oh, yeah, no, she was actually just, it drank 12 martinis and stumbled off through the gate down the yard. 
<laughs> and is yeah, now sleeping it like, off. Gonna... Yeah, and is now sleeping it off in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> yeah, or something, right? So, but they did. Unfortunately, it looked suspicious enough that they kind of they worried. So they questioned her current boyfriend, Sean Hine, and her ex-boyfriend, but neither of them were labeled as suspects, at least initially. And the last time anyone saw her was about midnight the night before, and it was actually Sean Hine that saw her the night before. He was over at her place and then said goodbye, excuse me, just after midnight. Then by August 19th, so two days later, there was a large search party, including police and 60 volunteers searching the nearby ravines because you know if you were correct and she did just get drunk and stumble out of her yard maybe she fell down a very large cliff so they searched the nearby ravines for her no such luck one day later like one day later the search party blew up like it expanded hugely so there ended up actually being over 60 police officers and 400 volunteers Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking people. The police actually mm-hmm. the police actually had to cap the amount of people participating in the search to 100 a day. They were like, there's just too many people that want to help, and we can't manage that many people. So please, like... <laughs> keep it down. Yeah, keep it down. Only 100 at a time. That's like a, a maximum manageable crowd basically and you know that half those people were only showing up there because they were nosy as fuck and wanted to know what was going on oh and they're like God, oh the right half. actually there's a search party i guess we better join that and not look like bad people and the other half only were like i want to see a dead body yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah that'd Which be you be, and i i would uh, yeah. i would join a search party just to find the corpse <laughs> <laughs> that's so wrong i know it's so wrong is it really weird that like for a great many years i've like wanted to find a dead body like a murdered body i it's so weird it's kind of creepy but like ever since i started watching csi i totally wanted to be the guy like the poor unsuspecting idiot that like stumbles across some dead corpse in a back alley like i totally want to be that guy (laughs) yeah it ain't that great (laughs) i can tell you from experience (laughs) Uh. (laughs) whatever okay we all have dreams in this world (laughs) I was actually discussing with my coworker the other day how, like, freaking weird our job is. Because, like, the average person probably will never see a dead body in their life. Or, you know, if it, if it is one, it's, like, at a funeral and it's been done up and whatever. And then yeah. I was like, yeah, we see them, like, four times a week sometimes. See them all the <laughs> All the time. fucking time. Yeah, in varying states of decay and, you know, whatever, whatever. And, yeah, we were just yeah. talking about it. We're like, yeah, totally normal. That's a Saturday night for us. No big deal. Yeah, nothing new here. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Uh, so eventually they, the police rather, shifted their focus back to Sean Hine. They never, the searches didn't really lead anywhere. They kind of, not abandoned it, but basically there just wasn't, they weren't finding anything. So they yeah. scaled back the searches. And um, on August 22nd, they officially called it possible foul play. And the boyfriend, Sean Hine, obviously took that news pretty fucking hard because he was arrested for drunk driving a couple hours after they told him. Classy. 
<laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you want to do, mm-hmm. right? When you're already being treated like a suspect, you're going to go out and get arrested. Yeah, that seems like a really shitty decision, just saying. And it's not even like this is like 1980 where you're like, ah, drinking and driving and not wearing your seatbelt is totally fine. That's just what we do. Now it's like, no, no, motherfuckers, put that shit on and put that shit away. Yeah, like, huh, hmm, well, there's quite a few TV campaigns that tell you that's a bad fucking idea, so you probably shouldn't do it. Probably shouldn't do it, yeah. Uh, So on August 25th, they canvassed his neighborhood. This is three days after he received the news. He, they canvassed his neighborhood, and although, like, technically he still wasn't considered a suspect, the police did ask his neighbors if they had seen anything suspicious, including, this is the best part, including Sean taking out the trash on the night of Alicia's disappearance. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, like, was he being suspicious? Was he perhaps doing his dishes? <laughs> <laughs> did it look like he was cleaning any large meat cleavers? Through his kitchen window while you were spying on him at somewhere around midnight last night. <laughs> I know, like, when he drove home, or when he arrived home that night, did he by any chance drag a corpse out of the backseat of his car? Or did you see him carrying around a large carpet, rolled up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just doing some uh, emergency, uh, you know... I just, I woke up this morning and hated everything, so I'm just doing some renovations. Yeah, I just decided that I really need to go to Ikea. Yeah, and oh, that big wardrobe? No, 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 it's don't, no, no, it's empty, I swear. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My entire decor scheme was so 1957. I'm just taking this really heavy duffel bag to the dump. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Nothing suspicious here. <laughs> Not at all. My mom had decorated previously, and, you know, I needed to re- oh, I-, <laughs> I needed to redo it. Yeah, oh, this, like, suspiciously body-shaped, uh, package of shower curtains? It's actually, no, it's, uh... I'm just throwing out my old towels. <laughs> yeah. All that blood you can see? No, my dog died. Mm-hmm. I cut myself really bad. Yeah. Shaving. <laughs> <laughs> no, somewhere you can't see. I, uh, I my balls. My Shaving my balls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, you can't look and check. Sorry. Uh, no, yeah. It's really inappropriate. Uh, I'm mm. uncomfortable that you suggested that. I'm going <laughs> to leave with my suspiciously body-shaped package here. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> oh, God. I'll see you at the neighborhood meeting next week. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. All right. <laughs> and also at the funeral of my suspiciously missing girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Oh, God. So a few days later, on August 29th, it was reported that Sean stopped cooperating with the police and that they actually thought it was a little bit fishy that he had called the police after such a minor thing. So apparently it had only actually been a few missed phone calls. And then he kind of, like, ran over to a house. Basically, you know, it was like, if somebody doesn't answer the phone, you call them only twice, and then you're like, oh, my God, and then you call the police. Like, that's a little suspicious, right? So the cops were kind of like, well, how did you know to call us after, what, like, one night and a couple missed calls? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I feel like, honestly, like, sometimes you just know something's wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, between me and you, like, you and I are both really good at replying to our texts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not right away because we're working, as soon as we get the opportunity, we yeah. reply to the text and whatever it is. You just fucking memes, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but if you didn't answer your phone calls or texts for, like, a couple days, I would be suspicious as fuck. Yeah. You bet I would drive over to your fucking house. I mean, I'd call Graham and Mom first, but if they didn't know where you were and yeah. you weren't answering my calls, yeah, I would be, you bet I'd be showing up at your door. Be if you're like, just coming off a night shift and you're sleeping, I would just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Beating down your 
your door like, why weren't you answering your phone? I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, we're also the kind of people who are like, pretexters you know what i mean like if i'm going somewhere out of cell service i'll be like okay so out of cell range uh blah 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 it's the same with like when i meet a new person for like the first time if i'm going to meet them or whatever you and i both fucking do this where it's like all right i'm going to meet this person for like the first time and we're gonna hang out or we're gonna like go for a walk or we're gonna whatever you know um uh, here's a description of what they look like age sex location uh here's their car here's uh, everything that i know about them blah 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 and you're just like i told my friend that the other day and he was like oh my god what is wrong with you? You are beyond paranoid. Oh, seriously? Yeah. I think that's so smart. I know. I, that I was hitchhiking in Victoria, and, like, I texted mom, and I was like, this is the guy's name. This is what he looks like. This is his license plate number. This is his car make and model. This is fucking where we're going. This is where he's supposed to drop me off. This is where he's picked me up. Like, I fucking, I mean, it was dumb of me to hitchhike anyways, but whatever. I was traveling. It's what you do. <laughs> See, I but get yeah. it. I get it when you're hitchhiking, but this is me, like, I'm going to meet a friend for coffee. But here's this no, info just in case he's a serial I killer. One, <laughs> I remember. I was the one you texted. Yeah. When you, you, yeah, you were like, okay, so I'm going out for a walk to walk my dog with my coworker. I've never hung out with him before. And I was like, give me everything. Where are you? When are you? <laughs> Who is he? What does he look like? How old is he? <laughs> I grilled you. I know. You just like, yep, absolutely. You're right. Here it is. Here's all the information. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he thought I was nuts. <laughs> well, you know what? Whatever, because you know what else? You're not. You're not dead. <laughs> exactly, and you know what? Men don't have to worry about that kind of shit half the time. They totally fucking don't, unless they're trying to online date. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Apparently. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Sidebar. Yeah. Tangent over. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> So, despite Sean being uncooperative with police, he was still keeping in contact with Alicia's mom, Sharon, and she said that actually he was really concerned and he wanted to make sure they were all right and basically would just call her and, I mean, talk about how much he missed Alicia and was hoping they would find her kind of thing. So, she wasn't, I don't think she found him suspicious at all. But, unfortunately, the case pretty much went completely dead by September and, like, media attention stopped. As it does after a while. Yeah, but I still, well, whatever, it's kind of depressing, but there was actually no new developments until September 21st when they found Alicia's body over 50 kilometers away from her home in a wooded area near Cobaconk, Ontario. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, okay, do I have the fucking, like, this is like an M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong film. Oh, I no! <laughs> the best plot twist for you yes. right now. hit me with it. Okay, so Alicia's fucking neighbor... Daniel Sylvester, 31, turned himself in to the police. So this guy did not come up anywhere in the investigation. His name is fucking nowhere. He is not a suspect. They didn't even know he existed. This guy is nobody. And he walks into the fucking station one day with a lawyer and confesses. The fuck? Yeah. No fucking idea why. But, I mean, he was creepy as fuck. So he was a peeping Tom, which is, like, already mm, gross. No. And, yeah, and, like, he was, like, the full meal deal peeping Tom. He used to watch people get jiggy with it through their windows. Masturbate to it. Dude. He was a disgusting individual. And then, like, it was later revealed that in some of the sessions he had, because he had a shit ton of therapists and psychiatrists throughout his life. I fucking bet he did. Yeah, clearly it wasn't working. Because <laughs> he was pretty fucking damaged. 
So he told them about his fantasies of attacking and raping people. Great. Yeah, and one of them was, a dra- and I quote, jumping out of the bushes. <laughs> and raping. <laughs> no! No! I was like, oh, fucking excuse me? <laughs> yeah, that is my fucking nightmare. This is why I don't jog people. Like, seriously, in every film I've ever seen, there's always some bitch in yoga pants out jogging and some fucking psychopath jumps out of the bushes at her and attacks her. Yeah, he just, like, fucking dive rolls out of the foliage and knocks her down <laughs> and drags her off by the hair. Like, <laughs> not cool. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, my God. Fuck. So, no, thank you. But in his confession, according to him, he did not jump out of the bushes at her. <laughs> but according to him, he encountered Alicia shortly after her boyfriend Sean had left and like I said, after midnight, so he kissed her goodbye, whatever, left August 16th that night. From the sounds of it, I guess she saw him lurking in the bushes and being creepy, or maybe she was just, he was just lurking, not necessarily in the bushes, but he was definitely lurking and creepy. So she confronted him, they argued, and apparently, according to him, she was super rude to him. She swore at him and called him a fucking loser. Okay, you are lurking outside my house at midnight or whatever. You are a fucking loser. Yeah, I'm going to freak out at you too. Actually, that's not true. I'm going to fucking see that you're standing over there in your sketchy little dark corner. I'm going to turn around and lock my fucking door, close all my windows, and hide under my bed for the next two hours. Because <laughs> I could fucking get a blanket and lock all the windows, like have the police on speed dial. Yeah, pretty much bar my door yeah Mm -hmm. but apparently it was her calling him a loser that made him snap and attack her so this is the extra fucked up part he told the police that he beat her to death and it turned out that alicia had at least 33 fractures all over her body holy shit yeah Mostly to her ribs and her breastbone, because... He kicked her, didn't he? No, he threw her to the ground and kneed her in the chest a shitload of times. Oh, that was the next thing. And grabbed her by the hair and beat her head against the ground. Oh my god! Yeah, so, fuck. Holy, absolute fuck. I mean, Jesus, that's some serious overkill to being called what you already know you are. Sorry, bud. Like, Yeah, but I guess, according to him, he just snapped and, you know, beat shit of her. And by the time he, like, snapped out of it, his crazy rage or whatever, she was dead. And then he was like, I panicked. Uh. And then dragged her body into his, into his garage and stripped her from the waist down. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do I, I want to know this? I don't, I don't know no. if I want to know this. Oh, it's okay. So... I guess, like, during their altercation, her clothes got ripped, and he said he stripped her from the waist down only because he didn't want people getting the wrong idea of how her clothes got ripped. He maintained through the entire case that he never raped her, and no no semen was found on her clothes or on her, but it was found on his clothes because at some point during the day, he had masturbated, but we don't know how close it actually was to the murder. So he could have done it, like, like right before. Like, maybe he was watching him, her and her boyfriend have sex and jerking it in the bushes. And then, you know, when he yeah. left, that blah, blah, it happened. Or, you know, it could be a lot grosser and he killed her and then spanked it. But from the, sound, 
from the sounds of it, he only got off to being a voyeur. Voyeur? Yeah. Voyeur? Yeah. Yay? <laughs> whatever. Whatever that word is. The guy that watches people. Apparently he only got off to the watching bit. Uh, it doesn't sound like he got off to the murder bit, but oh. I don't really know. I don't really want to think about that. So. And why not just, like, take off all of her clothes? Like, why just the... Why just the pants? That just, I, that freaks me out, man. Oh, God. At least, like, if you're uh, stripping someone completely, you're like, okay, forensic evidence. Like, I touched her shirt. I, she just spent the whole time beating the shit out of her. Like, whatever. Yeah. I can, removing her clothes off, will get rid of evidence. Oh. That's the waist down. It's fucked. But, yeah, he did maintain, like I said, and, like, the fact that they didn't find any, although her body was really decomposed by the time they did find it. But yeah. Anyway, I don't really want to, think about that you know i'm just kind of oops nope put that to the back of my brain mm-hmm. <laughs> so he puts her body in the trunk of his car or the trunk of a car because we actually don't know one article said it was his car the other car article said it was his mom's car so like i'm not really sure which is more pathetic yeah. <laughs> oh wait <laughs> the mom's car <laughs> mom sorry um i have an errand to run i need to borrow your car um yeah sorry about the stains <laughs> No, he actually, I mean, he did a pretty good job, honestly, because he, he lined his truck or car or whatever the fuck it was, the vehicle. Yeah. He lined it with whatever, tarp or something, and wrapped her in it so that he couldn't leave any evidence in the truck. Mm. Then he showered, changed his clothes, and threw his clothes, her clothes, and some bloody towels into a couple garbage bags because he had cleaned up the blood. Yeah. Uh, so I had some bloody towels. I uh, threw that shit into a couple garbage bags that he then throw he threw that in his car as well. Then he drove everything out to an isolated area and dumped her body south of a town called Manila. Mm. And then he dumped the clothes at a secondary location. So like he I, burn that shit, not, man. I don't know, but like that is a like kind of clever. Not really. You know, he drove like fucking Manila is like eighty kilometers away. Yeah. He drove her body, like, 80 kilometers away, and then fucked off and drove the clothes God knows how long away from that, right? So, the chances of her being found, well, we already know, they didn't fucking find her, so... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, he... This is where, like, it's just... It stays creepy. It's gross. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to know. Is this going to be some creepy necrophiliac shit? No. That was not a convincing no. specifically but oh, Daniel you did know. go back to check on Alicia's body at least 10 times over the course of the next couple weeks and then he moved her remains to like some fucking backwoods area near his like family cabin yeah and that was where it was found near Koboconk Koboconk oh. Ontario's got the weirdest fucking names man <laughs> no, nothing about that is okay. Yeah, no, it's really not. Like, he kept going back to the fucking body and, like, just checking it out. He's like, I've got to check on my corpse. Like, ugh. <sighs> I mean, not I get being cool. paranoid and being like, oh, great, no one's found it. But, like, the more you go out there and the more you check on it, the more likely it is someone's going to go, where the fuck's he going? That's weird. Yeah, like, oh, I wonder why he's always going out in the woods all the, like, fucking four times a week. Yeah, at two in the morning. That's not suspicious. <laughs> Any regular human being with six or seven therapists and a problem with wanking in the bushes of their neighbors' houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess, I guess he 
walked through or like led the police to the areas where he had first put the body and then where he'd moved the body. Yeah. And I guess he was like super chill about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like super calm, super like no reaction, basically. Like completely sound of mind. Just fucked up. <laughs> okay, please tell me that they like convicted him and shit. And they weren't like, um, insanity defense or whatever. No, no, they weren't able, like, the insanity plea was nowhere, because, like I said, sound of mind, when he walked them through it, like, he walked them through the whole event. Oh, my God. Only, so they knew he wasn't insane. Huh. But then why so, confess? Yeah. Why confess? He's just like, oh, the burden of guilt on my soul? Like, no. Well, okay, I did read one article that, like, mentioned it a little bit, but it's just speculation. They think that he... They think that he might have turned himself in because he thought the police were getting closer to finding her body, or at least finding the bloody clothes and semen and stuff like that. Yeah. So they think he probably turned himself in, kind of to get a jump on it, because they thought the police was, were getting a lot closer to finding him. Her than she than they actually were. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, but that's only a theory. Like, no, there was only one article that mentioned that. It didn't. Yeah. But. Yeah, and then, like I said before, when they did find her body, it was too badly decomposed to determine the exact cause of death, and I think too badly decomposed, really, for... And she was moved around and stuff, yeah. but, like, DNA yeah. and stuff like that, so... Well, 33 sure. factors tells you a lot. Yeah, 33 factors tells you a fucking lot. Mm -hmm. And they actually... They weren't able to determine the exact cause of death because of the decomposition, but the forensic pathologist... On the case, Dr. Catherine, oh god, Gruspier. Oh, that's the worst name. I know, and it's me too. One day, like, I don't know why every case I pick has somebody with a really fucking difficult to pronounce name. And not to mention how many of her colleagues do you think calls her Dr. What, Dr. Gruesome? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Dr. Gruspier, Gruspier, I don't know. Kath we're calling Dr. Catherine. <laughs> mm -hmm. Dr. Catherine said the injuries were similar to those of somebody who had been in a fatal car or plane crash. Wow. Yeah, like, her injuries were so, like, all the, the quantity of fractures and the mm -hmm, injuries were mm -hmm. so severe that it looked like she had been in a fucking plane crash or car crash. That's some serious rage. That is some insane rage. But, hey, here we go, the good part. <laughs> Yay! The cops fucking obviously charged him and arrested him. And then several months later, he had his preliminary court hearing in Ontario. That was on January 19th, 2006. But this, he somehow did it over, like, a video conference or something. Oh, like he yeah. Wasn't at, yeah, he wasn't at the hearing in person. Yeah. But then another preliminary hearing on July 4th, 2006, and this one he did attend in person. Okay. Yeah. And then the trial itself began May 7th, 2007. So this is, like... A fucking while after she'd actually gone missing and after he turned himself in. Yeah. But he tried to plead guilty to manslaughter. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what? But the court, thankfully, thank God, like, God bless the court, the court rejected it. They were like, no fucking way. So, basically, it was a question of whether he was going to get pinned with first degree or second degree murder. Like there was no way he was getting off on insanity. There was no way he was getting off with manslaughter, nothing like that. They were just like, well, was it first degree or secondary? Because it was absolutely murder. Yeah. And the jury decided it took him less than four hours. Apparently they decided on second degree murder 
and he was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 16 years. So the earliest he's eligible is September of 2021. So, like, that's not very long from now. Fuck that. Yeah, so hopefully he never gets out. You can stay in there, bud. Yeah, but, okay, so I wanted to say this from the start of the case, but I couldn't without spoiling the whole thing. Guess how I found this case. Please tell me it was Inmate Connect. No, it wasn't. (laughs) A few episodes ago, my friend Bree fucking went to school with him. What? Straight up Notre Dame night school. When she was living in Ontario, she went to night school with this guy, and she said, she said she, like, she couldn't really pick him out of a crowd because the school she was in, it was, like, oh, fuck, I think she said, like, 500 guys or 400 guys, like, a, and only 100 women, so it was, like, if you mentioned her name to him, he'd probably remember her because there was a lot less women to recognize, but there were a lot more dudes, so she kind of was, like, yeah, I couldn't really pick him out of a crowd, but then, of course, like, she heard about that he was a fucking murderer, and she was like, oh my god, I fucking went to school with that guy. So she's offered to give me her yearbook so I can look at it and, like, read his fucking senior year quote and shit or whatever the fuck. Like, Oh, yes. That's part of the case. She told me about it. She's like, oh my god, yeah, your murder podcast? You should totally do this guy. I went to fucking night school. I couldn't believe it. Dude. school with him. It was insane. I want to know what his yearbook quote was. Dude, me too. Have a great summer. I'll be seeing you sooner than you think in your foliage. (laughs) No, I'm there. You won't even know I'm there. Yeah, exactly. You won't even know I'm there. Or maybe you will, because I like that, but whatever. (laughs) Keep your windows shut, people. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's so creepy. Dude. Oh, my God. That she knew him, though? Like, that's insane. Oh. And she gave me another case, too, that I'm going to do next week. Because somehow, I don't know what the fuck, but somehow she just has, like, a shit ton of people she knows that... That are fucking psycho killers? <laughs> what is wrong with your friend? There's nothing wrong with her. She just lived in Ontario, and apparently Ontario sucks. Oh, uh, valid point. Oh, my God. sucks, I just mean produces a lot of murderers. Murderers? U.S. Ontario fans. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't mean to insult you. I'm sorry. It's not you. It's us. <laughs> We're, we, I think we should see other people. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I think we should see other provinces. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun, but... Oh, God. You know what the irony of this is, too? What? Uh, my killer this week is from Ontario. Is he really? Yeah. Okay, so... Unbeknownst to our lovely fans, um, we (laughs) had a little bit of a hiatus. We actually recorded my half of this episode a few days ago, but I'm very glad for that break because I talked to Bree and I was completely fucking incorrect about just about all the information I gave you guys about when she knew Daniel Sylvester. So yes, she did go to school with him. Yes, they went to Notre Dame. However, Notre Dame is not in Ontario. I really should have looked that up. (laughs) (laughs) And the second thing, it's not a night school. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking with that. It is a boarding school. So they lived in the same place. I don't know where I got night school from. Where was it actually, though? Notre Dame? Yeah. It is 
actually in Wilcox, Saskatchewan, but don't ask me where that is because I don't know. But it is in Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay. Not even close to, Montre- to Montreal. Oh, my God. Ontario. <laughs> We're just fucking up all the provinces today. <laughs> Jesus. Geography? What is that? Neither yeah. of us took it. <laughs> episode so oops our bad we don't have our globe <laughs> okay so now that i've established i'm an idiot uh please tell me your case and do try to sound dumber than i am <laughs> <laughs> that Make shouldn't feel- be difficult no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh self-deprecating humor it's the only fun kind <laughs> oh god so i actually have okay i have kind of like a it's a it's a good case. It's interesting, but it's like super straightforward, which I which I like love because I was googling like or like researching it or whatever, and I was just like, okay, I'm like I want something that's like interesting and like kind of cool, but like also not super madly convoluted. Where you're like, what in the fresh fuck is happening in this entire thing? Yeah, so. I feel like we might have done too many super fucking convoluted ones. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So this one's like pretty pretty straightforward, which I'm super stoked about. Yeah, by the end of the case, you're just like, what, who the fuck? What even happened again? Yeah, like, who, who are we talking about? Yeah, fuck. I remember, I've just blocked it all out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you ready for like a super catchy zinger name? I have no idea why the fuck people name murderers and rapists and whatever, but for some reason, like the tabloids are like, they're not terrifying enough. Uh, let's give them a shitty name, like the world's worst supervillain. I was just gonna say, let's give them supervillain names. Yeah, it's terrible. So this. Uh, yes. <laughs> Who is this guy? This girl? is the case of the vampire rapist. Are you, right? Are you fucking for real? I am for real. I am honest to God for like. So like, was he a vampire who raped people, or is he only <laughs> vampires? Was he only raping vampires? You know, <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> All right, well, I'm dying to know, so please do tell. <laughs> All right, so, uh, in Ontario, dun-dun-dun, no, wait, I lied. Fuck, I fucked this up already, in Montreal, because, you know what? Vampire rapist guy was born in Ontario, but he was actually doing all his bad shit in Montreal. Okay. So, on October, October, oh my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I give up. I can't do this. <laughs> drink more or drink less apparently <laughs> you know what let's just try that again <laughs> no. i went Oct- it was October. it's in montreal so i went with the french which was october um yeah go with that i probably fucked that up too <laughs> all right that's what we'll go with oh, anyway <laughs> so on october 3rd in 1969 Shirley Audette, who was 20, was found dumped at the rear of an apartment complex in downtown Montreal. She was fully clothed, she was raped and strangled, and had bite marks on her breasts. Well, that explains why they call him the vampire rapist. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, ew. Anyway. So, she had no sign of skin under her nails, suggesting that she didn't fight with her attacker, which is, I mean... What? Yeah, that's, like, they, that's what they suggested, was that she didn't struggle. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's wrong, but okay. <laughs> pretty sure you're fucking struggling. Unless, uh-huh. you're, unless you're incapacitated somehow. 
Yeah. So her current boyfriend was working the night shift, so he wasn't considered a suspect. Um, and I guess either he or one of her former boyfriends had told police that she'd gotten involved with a dominant, attractive man because she was getting into something dangerous. And, like, let's be real. You tell the cops, seriously, like, you tell the cops that. Talk about sour grapes that she dumped your ass. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Getting into something dangerous because she didn't love me anymore, so I'm going to make it out like she's a bad person. Yeah, so that's basically exactly what happened. So police surmised that the killer was into women who liked rough sex, basically, and that she was into it. Oh, great. Yeah, so apparently, also an autopsy, I read somewhere uh, that... I read this in only one article, so I don't know how accurate it is, but I read that she was actually five weeks pregnant as well at the time. Wow, yeah. that fucking sucks. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, like, you wouldn't know, even, it's possible even she wouldn't even know. Yeah, either way, it's just like, ugh, extra level of sad. So at this point, he, of course, was deemed the vampire rapist. Again, because people weren't already terrified enough. So on November 23rd of 1969, Michelle Archambault also 20, left work at closing time with a young man who she introduced to her coworkers as Bill. And they said that she seemed happy, she seemed entranced with him, but when she didn't come to work the next day, her employer went to check on her, thinking that she was ill. Obviously, this was unusual for her. And together with the landlady, they discovered her fully clothed body on her couch. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. The room was tidy, but the rest of the apartment was trashed. So there were signs of a struggle in the rest of the apartment, but the actual room where her body was found was well-kept, apparently. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which kind of says to me, obviously, he had time to clean up and whatever. Yeah, or placed her body in there yeah. and then... Yeah. 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 Although, just a side note, like, how fucking unsexy is the name Bill? I know, right? Ew. Pick a better name, dude. Because <laughs> it's probably fake. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, it would be fake. What's something sexy and, like... I can't even think of anything. Anything either. Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not. They're French, or they're from Montreal, anyway. Alejandro. That's totally right? not French. <laughs> not even close. No, it's not. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Stefan? Stefan? That's not sexy, either. No? Okay, I don't know. I don't read a lot of French romance novels, so... <laughs> A few here and there, yeah, but anyway. Moving on. So, her pantyhose and her bra were ripped, and she'd been raped and, again, had teeth marks on her breasts. But she died of asphyxiation, not strangulation, apparently. Again, I found that in one article, not an autopsy report. Right. So, police found a crumpled photograph amidst her apartment wreckage, and her coworkers actually identified it as Bill. So, the photo was distributed for publication, but never produced any suspects, and sadly, it was determined much, it was determined later that the photo was actually of her deceased father. What? No fucking way. Yeah. Okay, for one, that's creepy on so many levels. I know, right? Like, hello, daddy issues. <laughs> you date the guy who looks just like your dad. Yeah, and for two, like, poor fucking dad. I mean, he was dead, but still. Oh, I know. Talk about dragging your name through the mud. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what what the where the, where the hell is her mother too, right? To be like, actually, no. Wait, no, that is not. <laughs> yeah, hang on a second. His name is definitely not Bill. It's like. not Bill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on January sixteenth, nineteen seventy, Jean Way, twenty four, Jean's boyfriend came to pick her up for a scheduled date because scheduled dates are 
sexy. Why not do impromptu? I don't know. Anyway. Scheduled date. Scheduled date is anything. It's like, hey, you want to have dinner on Friday? Yes, that's a scheduled date. I right guess. There. It just sounds so weird to say, like, scheduled date. Like, every Friday, we at 3 p.m., we do that. Like, it just sounds weird. <laughs> anyway. We take brunch with our rich friends. Yes, exactly. No, anyways. So when she didn't answer, he decided to come back later, which I, like, want to scream. No. No, no, no. Do not come back later. B- knock the fucking door down. Like... <laughs> Yeah, like, bang on the door and be like, are uh-huh. you okay? Exactly. Uh, and if she doesn't answer you, kick the fucking door down. Yeah, like, worst case scenario, she's in the shower and it's, like, a little bit embarrassing for both of you. Yeah. Best case scenario, you totally save her life in some, like, fucking dramatic Zorro move. Exactly. So when he returned later, he found the front door unlocked and he found her naked body on the bed. Oh, no. Yeah. So she actually had no bite marks on her, so they think that he had interrupted when he came initially to check on her, that he had interrupted the rapist. No! Oh my yes. god! Speed the door down next time, you stupid head! I know! Oh. I was so angry when I read that. I was like, ah! Ah! No! Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So uh-huh. her, her autopsy actually revealed fibers under the nails of her left hand, indicating that she had struggled with her Girl. attacker. Yeah. You fucking struggle, fight. I don't care what the hell you have to do. Eyeballs. I know how to pluck a man's eyeball out of his head. Exactly. Fucking do that. I don't care if you gotta, like, unlock some crazy kung fu shit from inside. Like, do it up. Yeah, bring out your inner fucking Amazon war goddess. Mm Mm-hmm. Nuke the fucker. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) There's no such thing as being polite when someone's attacking you. Go for the nads. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And this time, Bill, Bill, quote, unquote, vanishes from Montreal. Poof. Like the fucking world worst genie. Oh, dear. So, now, in May of 1971, in Calgary, Elizabeth Ann Portuis, 33, I think, Porteus, Portuis, I'm not 100% sure exactly how to say that, doesn't show up for work. Hello, trend. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So the apartment manager finds her body on the bedroom floor. She's been raped and strangled with bite marks on her breasts. Jesus. The apartment is wrecked with considerable signs of struggle. And police actually find a broken cufflink underneath her body. So police discover that she was seen at a stoplight riding in a blue Mercedes on the night she died, which had a distinct bull-shaped advertising decal on the back. So, just like a sticker shaped like a cow, basically. Oh, bull. I yeah. think said bull. Bull, yes, a bull. Um, no, a bull, as in cow. Well, I guess cows and bulls are different, but whatever. The one bovine. With... Yes. Exactly. It was... it was bovine. So, friends also stated that she'd recently started dating a man called, guess what? Bill. Billy, you wouldn't even change your name? Like, Bill, you fucking idiot. Thank you. Exactly. That's what I think, too. I was like, wow. I guess maybe he went with Bill because it was generic. I mean, maybe, but, like, come on. The news is like, Bill the rapist. And then you're like, I'm going to date a guy named Bill. Yeah. That's a good idea. Absolutely. Seems like a great plan. So her friends actually described this Bill character she'd been dating. As a flashy dresser with neat short hair. And, of course, police linked Porteus Porteus with the Montreal murders fairly quickly, given the M.O. Right, but what the fuck does that mean? Flashy dresser? Like, was he a BG? 
<laughs> well, it was the 70s. <laughs> Flashy dresser back then meant, like, bell bottoms and fringe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, a blue Mercedes was actually spotted parked near the murder scene, which, you fucking idiot, you don't even move your car? Like, come on. Oh How God. dumb could you be? I just killed somebody, now I'm just gonna walk home and leave my car there. Yeah. A very odd car. The parking here is free, so I think I'll just leave it. <laughs> just gonna cab home after this murder. Yeah. No one will find that suspicious at all. So half an hour later, Mr. Wayne Clifford Bowden was arrested when returning to the car. He told police that he had moved to Montreal a year before. Hello, you're an idiot. Um, yeah. or sorry, that he'd moved to Calgary from Montreal the year before. Even dumber. Even dumber, yep. Dated, had dated Porteus and had been with her on the night of the murder, but insisted that she was fine when he left, don't they all? What? How mm-hmm. stupid can you be? You have to be like, nope, I'm actually from British Columbia. I'm from the fucking opposite end of the fucking country. Yep. I- I've lived in Alaska my whole life. I just got here a week ago. Yep. Uh, it gets better. He admitted ownership of the broken cufflinks that they'd found. Wait, really? This guy's fucking stupid. Yeah. So police still had the old photo from Michelle um, Archambault, and even though they knew, I believe, anyways, they knew it was her deceased father at this at the, by this time, the photo still resembled Wayne. God. So they held him <laughs> on suspicion using that photo. Okay, well, that's good, but I mean, that's still so wrong on so many I know, I know, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> so police turned to a local orthodontist, Gordon Swan, to prove that the marks on Portuus, I'm going to say her name wrong every time, Porteus, belonged to Bowden, which can you imagine being that orthodontist? You just have like five cops show up to your local freaking orthodontic clinic, dental clinic, to be like, excuse me, do you mind solving this crime for us? And you're like, oh, fuck, I don't know, do I? Whip out like a picture of a titty bite marks in it and they're like do these match you're like holy fuck i'm scarred for life pretty much exactly so at the time there was actually nothing in canadian forensic literature on identifying bite marks like at all they'd never been used to a basically to solve a crime before so not only are they just coming in being like hey maybe you can totally do this to this guy they're also being like actually can you um yeah can you just make it up because there's literally nothing written about it we don't know what we're doing, and you don't know what you're doing, so we're just going to do things and hope. Exactly. But you know teeth, because you're a teeth guy. Ergo, you must be useful. <laughs> so Swan... You know, we, need, we need somebody who knows teeth. I think we can work with each other. Exactly. Here. <laughs> so Swan actually contacted the FBI, and J. Edgar Hoover directed him to a man in England who had dealt with 20 to 30 cases involving bite marks. And after receiving explicit instructions from this gentleman. Swan made a cast of Bowden's teeth and was able to demonstrate 29 points of similarity to the bite marks on Proteus's body. Wow. Yes. So he was sent to trial in Calgary and was convicted of murder and given a life sentence. Good. Everybody cheer. Yeah! Yay! Justice is served! Exactly. He was then returned to Montreal where he confessed to the murders of Odette, Archambault, and Way. So another young woman, Norma Vancourt, Valancourt, 21, had been killed in July of 1968 in a very similar way, but Bowden actually denied being involved in that. And the article I read about this made me so mad. I can't even, I can't even handle this. 
Oh, so, no. police, when they found her body, recorded that she died with a smile on her face. I beg your fucking pardon? Yeah, so she had been strangled, and they were like, oh, she, they were like, yeah, she had a, she had a soft smile on her face. So they were like, well, she must have died during sex, basically, and she must have been enjoying herself. Wow. Yeah. All right. You know what? No. And even if you do, like, like, we're not... We're not shaming anyone who enjoys autoerotic asphyxiation. That's that's cool. Do your thing. But, like, try not to kill anyone when you're doing it. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, there's a thing called aftercare and a fucking safe word. Absolutely. Like, and not to mention, don't, like, publicly try and say that every single person who dies from strangulation died of that. You know, or was into it. You know, like, it just seems really weird. Especially with the first case, when they were like, oh, yeah, she must have enjoyed rough sex. Like, pl- no, please. Yeah, don't automatically assume... Yeah, I'm like, hello, victim blaming, could we not? Thank you very much. Yeah, let's fucking... Let's just take another fucking... Let's take a step back and fucking not do yeah. that thing. Ugh, yeah. Uh, so, actually, later on... So, he was like... Uh, Bowden was like, no, I didn't have anything to do with that case. Even though it was a really similar MO. In 1994, a guy named Raymond Suave was actually convicted of her murder. So... And we never really learned that much about it. But we do know served on both accounts. We do know what, Sorry. The justice is served, at least, for both, everyone. Exactly, yes. Hey! Mm-hmm. So, Bowden was sentenced to three more life sentences and sent to Kingston Penitentiary on February 16th of 1972. It. Yes. Life sentences, one for each. Woohoo! Awesome. But it's not over yet. Oh, my God. In 1977, Bowden escapes prison. What?! see that coming. Oh, yes. So, American Express had granted him a credit card. What? Which he used on a day pass from prison. Yeah, so he was given not only a day pass to be allowed to go out because they didn't believe that he would, that he was a violent offender. Oh, I can't remember what the exact wording was, but basically they were like, he's a very specific offender, so if he's under, like, supervision or whatever, then he won't reoffend. essentially. The guy with three murder fucking charges. Four. Four, you're right, I'm sorry. Four murder charges was let out for a day pass after seven years in jail. Uh, yep. Four life sentences, four consecutive life sentences. Yep. Murder. Yep. And, and also was granted a credit card. How the fuck that happened, I will never know. Uh, well, it was American Express, so, you know. Oh, yeah. So he was recaptured, thank God, 36 hours later, while eating lunch at a restaurant in downtown Montreal. He's like, yeah, I just escaped prison, and you know what I'm gonna- Because I wanted a burrito. Exactly, yeah. I really feel like going to the local uh, taco stand, so I just, I can't get that in prison. Poutinery. Oh, yeah, Montreal, you know what? Yeah, poutine. Haven't had it in a while, because I've been in prison for the last seven years. Uh, I feel like, or six years, whatever, I really feel like that's what I need right now. I'm not going to actually try and go on the lamb because that would be a waste of time. That would be the intelligent thing to do. Instead, I'm just going to go get French fries and cheese curds. Yeah, and we've already noted that he's not a terribly clever man, apparently, so... True. So, three prison guards were disciplined for this, and American Express actually conducted an internal investigation to determine how a prisoner had gotten a card. <laughs> they obviously looked into it and went, hang on a fucking second. <laughs> Sorry, you did what? You gave what to this what? What? <laughs> yeah, she- Home, so sorry, you gave what to the who now? <laughs> I know. It's not like he could just be one of those people that walked into a mall and that got a clipboard shoved into his hand being like, sign this and you get a new credit card. Like every 
time you walk into the superstore, hello, can I interest you? I'm like, fucking no. No, you can't. Yeah. (laughs) So, after being confined to the hospital for six weeks, he died in Kingston Regional Hospital on March 27th, 2006, of skin cancer. Wow. Fuck you, buddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. We hope it was uncomfortable. We hope it was very painful. Well, he was confined for six weeks, so can't have been can't have been super good. Hope the hospital denied him painkillers. Ugh, I don't think they're legally allowed to do that. But still, I thought they are if you have a history of addiction. So maybe they were just like, "All right, this guy's an addict." <laughs> I think that's only for certain cases. I don't think people. I don't think that goes for people dying of cancer. They're like, "Snow him, give him as many drugs as you want. They need it." Well, so that was the case. Of the vampire rapist. That's still the fucking stupidest name, man. I know. <laughs> I honest to God googled like famous killers or whatever, like Canadian killers or whatever, and that came up, and I was like, "Sorry, what?" Well, I found my case for the week. Yeah, hang on a second. I need to read about this because that's so fucked up. Yes. And I guess there's nothing. I'm like, I'm thinking like vampire lore. Like, okay, well they drink blood, and this guy didn't do that. So I'm like, but then I'm like, what are they gonna call him? The dental killer like <laughs> uh vampires bite people i know but they do obviously but they bite necks not boobs and they drink blood they oh don't God, just bite I... the boobies and then leave wait no what vampires bite boobs not people <laughs> <laughs> yeah tits are usually attached to people oh my god but are they <laughs> <laughs> yes are they yeah no i just was kind of like i was reading it and i was like okay well i guess yeah i mean the bite mark bandit like i mean what the fuck (laughs) i honestly think that if we're gonna give killers names we should give them like really fucking stupid ones because then it's like yeah yeah, they won't i want to be in the papers for being like a dark and nefarious fucking mysterious evil stranger it's gonna be like oh my god i'm so embarrassed exactly (laughs) my nickname is like bozo the clown or something (laughs) bill the booby biter And are we talking about titties or are we talking about the birds? You'll never know. <laughs> oh my god, you're the only one in the world who knows that a booby is a bird. You know that, right? <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, I watch way too much BBC. Yes, you really do. Planet Earth is the shit. David Attenborough, if you're listening to this, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think David Attenborough is ever going to listen to this. Probably not. And please never <laughs> die anytime soon because I would be incredibly sad. The world cannot be without your voice. Same with Morgan Freeman. Yes. Anyway. Well, I just went to a good place. (laughs) Thank you for putting up with us daydreaming about David Attenborough's voice. (laughs) Yeah, which is kind of weird when you consider the fact that he's, like, what, 90? Like... Well, that doesn't mean his voice isn't wonderful. Good point, yeah. But it's more of, like, a meditation tape, you know? True. It's like, wow, so attractive. It's like, oh my god, this is so zen. Yeah. No, that's completely true, actually. Alrighty. Well, anyways... Thank you all for listening. We will see you all next week. Please email us at missing-pieces at outlook.com. Do we even do the Twitter anymore? I don't think we do the Twitter anymore. I just, I, you know what, I I mean, maybe I'll start it up again later, but for now it's it's kind of off. Alright, so fuck the Twitter. Uh, but email us. Yeah, please do. And we will see you all next week. Bye! <laughs>